Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 22. Today, I have Marcy Height on my podcast. She is a professional voiceover artist, writer, producer, puppeteer, actress, and she is also the creator of QD Foodie. QD Foodie kitchen tools have easy grip, sensory-friendly handles, braille on the measuring pieces, and bright, engaging colors that attract a wide range of kids, allowing them to work together in the kitchen, gain cooking and social skills, make healthier choices, and develop more independence. From the time she was a child, Marcy created voices for nearly everything she saw, including cars, clothes, and spices. The repertoire of characters inside her eventually needed to find a way out, so she recorded a demo and obtained representation with the William Morris Agency. These days, Marcy works from her own recording studio and has clients around the country and worldwide. Her voice can be heard on video games, children's television, commercials, greeting cards, training videos, websites, infomercials, telephone systems, and much, much more. Marcy was involved with a puppet show program for several years. That experience inspired her to start her own company to develop her own material and client projects. It's Real Entertainment, LLC, is an animation production studio which creates and develops original animated content for all areas of media and for all ages. Marcy voices many of the characters. Um, and just before um, I begin to the conversation, because sometimes I forget to mention um, the website. So for more information about Marcy, go to qdfoodie.com. So thank you so much for being on today, Marcy. I'm really, really excited to talk to you about, you know, all of your experience and about QD Foodie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Can yeah, I'm like so interested because I never I never met anyone that did voiceovers. And it's really just really interesting. And you have so many, you're you're obviously very, very creative. Um, and if you go to QD Foodie and you look at her kitchen tools, which I, I also have, which I love, I just the second they came out of the bag, I was like, oh my God, these are not only adorable but functional. Um, and just wonderful. So I'm excited to talk about it. So the first thing I wanted to see is if you could talk about your background and how you created the company, QD Foodie. Uh, sure. So I'd love to. And you mentioned a little bit of it in the intro. Like you said, I'm a voiceover artist. Um, so I had been living in Los Angeles. And I and like you said, I was with a large talent agency, but they focus most, mostly on celebrity talent. So um, I was definitely thrilled that they liked my work. Um and that, you know, that got me uh, certain places, but I really wanted to be more, working more than I was. I didn't have my own recording studio at the time. So I was really, uh, you know, waiting for their calls. And I really wanted to take things into my own hands. So I started to think about what it'd be like to create work for myself. And at the same time, also, like you said, I was a volunteer puppeteer for a program called Kids on the Block, which is a disability awareness puppet show program for elementary school students that emphasized the idea that kids are different, but inside they're the same. And the puppets were big and they were colorful and uh, they all had different abilities. So uh, there were also skits and songs and the audience responded really well 
to the shows. So I actually reached out to the Kids on the Block people to see if they wanted to create something for television together. Um, but I, I'd never written a show, but I was living in LA and I knew many people who could give me some direction with that. So Kids on the Block had actually been around like for decades and uh, they wanted to keep the show for live audiences only, which was fine because it was really great the way it was. Um, but I was still thinking about what it would be like to create work for myself. So I wrote an animated show about kid journalists called The Smarticles and the themes of the puppet show were at the heart of it. And so it actually took me about a year to write because I never done this before and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I was excited about what I created and I ended up teaming up with a producer who had recently left Disney and she liked the project. So we pitched it around. She actually taught me how to pitch. Um, and uh, we got a, a super enthusiastic reception. So when all was said and done, uh, it didn't end up selling, but I was highly encouraged to continue writing. And so I also discovered that I enjoyed the writing process in and of itself and not only for the purpose of creating voice work for myself. So after that, when ideas would come, I was able to get them out much faster because I knew what I needed from character and story. And uh, before not too long, I had actually created a slew of content. So I started an animation production company called It's Real Entertainment, um, where I'd create animated content, do the voiceovers, and I'd hire animators when needed. So I'd work on my own projects and clients began to hire me to create content for them, you know, as well. And uh, one of the properties that I created was called Cutie Foodie about a girl named Quinn Daisy. So after each puppet show, speakers would come and talk to the kids. One of them was named Elda. And Elda was a 90-year-old woman who lost her sight when she was 70. And she was amazing. She even taught people who were losing their sight how to function, um, in addition to so many other things that she did. She really found ways to do almost everything. And she would talk to the kids about her fun little tricks. So one of the many, many things that Elda loved to do was to bake. So she put a marker in her oven at 350 degrees, and she learned enough Braille to mark her spices, and she continued to bake and make whatever she wanted. So really, my very favorite thing about Elda, the coolest thing about her, um, was really that she just did everything joyfully. Um, you know, her husband had passed away, her four sons were grown, so she really was living independently. And uh, she... she she did it all with a smile, and she was just so nice to be around. Um, so my character, Quinn Daisy, or QD, is loosely based on Elda. QD has been blind since birth, and she loves to make things with food in her watermelon-shaped treehouse with her friends. And when we designed the props for the characters to use, we made some really cute ones that look like food, and they just jumped off the page. And I wanted them to be in my own kitchen, and I knew that others would, too. So there we are. Yeah, and they're just—and so I'm just curious, because, you know, I've created products before— um, you know, just more like workbooks and games, but, you know, what was it like creating kitchen tools? I mean, just, you know, as far as the beginning of like, you had, you know, in your head, like what you wanted to look like, but as far as actually, you know, making the kitchen tools, you know, finding a place to produce them, um, and getting the braille on there, I was just curious, you know, what was that process like for you? Uh, yeah, well, so I had never been in the manufacturing business before, of course, and I, you know, I, it wasn't even something I was looking for. It was sort of a, a, a path that that presented itself to me, and I and I I followed it. And I think that it happens a lot in life. You know, you just um, aren't necessarily looking for something specific. But I'd created this property, and things were growing out of it, and I uh, and I pursued those things. But there was definitely a big learning curve for me with uh, manufacturing a product, but I knew it was important to me. And uh, at the beginning, it was it was really about creating tools that would work well for the character I created. And it was about 
uh, you know, that having makes sense within the show. Um, so that's really where the Braille came in. But I kind of wanted it ultimately to be broader than that. So, you know, Cutie is a character that embodies the puppet show's themes that kids are different, but inside they're the same. So, so the Braille, while it was, was significant, began to, to seem a little limited. It wasn't all that I wanted. Um, so I wanted to engage kids with, with different interests and needs in the kitchen. So, um, you know, including those who, who weren't able to see very well. So, you know, cooking is a life skill and there's so many reasons to get kids involved and, you know, kitchen involvement is, is appropriate for all ages too, you know, depending on what task you're, you're giving the child. Um, so if the tools are created for, Quinn Daisy, what about the kids with sensory issues, picky eaters, like disinterested cooks, or or those who, who love cooking and are great at it? Shouldn't, you know, friends and family and everybody all be able to participate equally in the kitchen? So it really began to make sense to me that the pieces should incorporate as many features as possible that would allow for that. So um, the pieces have a spill reduction feature in the measuring cups where a line on the product indicates where to fill to, um, you can see it or you can feel it. Um, they have soft sensory friendly handles that fit comfortably in any size hands and cooking is an amazing intergenerational activity where there's an opportunity to bond, sharing stories and recipes and, you know, make great memories. So while the tools are intended to be particularly appealing to kids, they are real tools that are full size on the smaller end of full size, um, but they can be used by adults too. So the bright colors that look like real fruits and vegetables are made to engage picky eaters and adventurous eaters too. I mean, like you said, they're, they're just cute. Um, they're, they're so cute. And I also want to say yeah. that each of the kitchen tools has, um, it's either shaped like a, like a fruit or a vegetable. You know, I love that. Like with the, with the eggplant, how you made one of the tools look like an eggplant and also with the smiley faces. I mean, it just makes you want to use them. Well, you know, it just makes you happy. There's something about your products that just, it like creates positive energy. It just makes me want to cook. Um, and I just, and for kids too, I mean, I love anything with bright colors, but what I love about it is like the multi-sensory component. So it doesn't just look really fun because it is like, I mean, they just look adorable, but also just, I love the fact that you thought about the sensory component of it as far as a tactile, because I think that's so important for kids. You know, I work with, so, I work with a lot of children with autism and adults with autism and a lot of kids are very sensory defensive. And so to have those big grips and to have it very soft and engaging and visually appealing is really important. Absolutely. I mean, if you're you're more involved in your food preparation, you're more likely to to be adventurous with food. So really, I mean, and th this is true whether you have a diagnosable issue or not. But you know, for those that that really do have very serious issues with food and are potentially not getting the right nutrition because you know they, they do have a lot of sensory issues, um, getting them involved in the food preparation is really a, a step to help them with that. In and you know, help them, help them grow in independence, help them, help them grow in their health. So, you know, so, so it really was important to me to be able to, um, to appeal to those, those, those different needs. And specifically, you know, as we were talking about before as the Braille, um, I just want to mention, there's actually only one other company that makes measuring cups and spoons with Braille on them. And it's an amazing product. 
but there is nothing visually appealing about it, which makes sense since it's made specifically for those with low vision. But with Cutie Foodie, the idea is that everyone can share in the experience rather than have separate ones. And for some, visually appealing is really helpful in getting engaged in the kitchen. So, so you know, I, I really tried to think about as many um, different ways to to appeal to getting kids, you know, to kids to get them engaged as possible. But um, I actually would love to hear from you know from your listeners if they have other um, if they have other things that they'd like to see because we have a lot more products coming out. If there are other um, features that they feel would would add to this um, idea that we could potentially incorporate into future tools. Yeah. And then I also, yeah, definitely, definitely. Cause I feel like the best ideas come from parents, you know, they're, they were in the kitchen with their kids, but one of the other things too, is that, you know, one of the things that I just bring up to my kids a lot is about Braille. Cause I actually took like a Braille course. Cause I work with adults with, um, visual impairments, low vision who are, who are blind for a couple of years. And I still do see kids, um, with different visual impairments, but what I always, what my kids always found interesting, and I think it's also about raising awareness for any children, is to learn what Braille is. And, you know, and what's so great about it is that, you know, they could look at the Braille, they know the object, and then they're able to read it themselves. Because I just think it's, you know, it's just about raising awareness, you know. And, and then also when you notice the Braille on the tool. Well, then when we go to a public place, I could show my kids, hey, look, look at the Braille on the elevator. Look at the Braille on the ATM machine. Um, that this is how people, you know, this is, how, this is how people get around who are, you know, who are low vision, uh, visually impaired. Um, and then also to kind of take it a step further is, you know, reading a biography about who started Braille. Um, that was, you know, we've read with my books, with, with my kids, we've read several stories about um, you know, how Braille developed. So I just think it's really interesting whether you, you know, whether you like know Braille fluently or not. Um, I just think it's really, really like good for everybody to have awareness of the Braille and to have awareness of all the different features that, um, that are on the different tools. And I was just curious, so where do you actually have them produced the kitchen tools? Oh yeah. So they, they are produced in China. They were, um, you know, they were designed, here in the States, you know, it's so expensive to manufacture a product in the United States. It was actually um, really important to me to have them manufactured in the United States. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to be close to my product. I wanted to be near my baby. Um, but it's three times as much, literally, to manufacture them in the United States. And if I were to do that, I mean, besides the fact that I wouldn't have been able to afford to make them, quite honestly, nobody would be able to buy them and then nobody would have the product. Yeah. So, I mean, it has to be accessible. I mean, that's the thing. So it has to be, you know, affordable for people to buy. Exactly. Um, so, so I'm that in the future, um, we can bring them, you know, we can bring them to the United States, but I actually have uh, a manufacturer that I really like, um, in China that, uh, has, has been amazing. So, you know, so I'm excited uh, to be working with them. But like I said, yeah, I always, you always, you always want to have your, 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 your product close to you. So, um, so hopefully that'll be a, a future plan. Yeah. I mean, just to also say, I feel like you're an inspiration for a lot of different people because, you know, so a lot of people have ideas, but, you know, it's always hard to, to have that idea actually turn into a real product. You know, it's a really long process in, 
you know, it's not, I, I'm sure not easy, you know, because I've, you know, all of us have ideas. And I think that you're an inspiration to show people that, you know, it could go from an idea to an actual product. Um, and it's, you know, and, and so, cause I feel like we always have to, all of us have to have that creative outlet. I mean, you have a lot of creative outlets, you know? Um, but I think for a lot of other people who, you know, just maybe they don't have that creative outlet. They have that idea. Well, you know, reach out to somebody and ask them, how could I get this started? How could I get my idea into production? Um, so, so I just want to get a little bit more into the special needs community and because you have a background at backgrounds in special needs because of all the work that you've done um, as a puppeteer. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, what has been the impact on the special needs community? Like what kind of feedback have you gotten about the kitchen tools? So, um, so yeah, so I, I think it's first important to share that the tools are not created as a special needs product per se. They're designed as an inclusive product where everyone can have a positive experience in the kitchen. And I hope that that idea in itself has an impact. Um, you know, we're talking about the idea of accessibility versus mm-hmm. inclusion. Accessibility is, is only a part of uh, is only a part of it. And, um, you know, I feel like we're, we're potentially missing an opportunity if we don't take that accessibility to the point of inclusion. Um, on top of that, cooking, you know, is a really big part of becoming independent. So, you know, cutie foodie tools are made in part with those goals in mind. And, um, you know, and that's important whether you're working in a group or alone. And, you know, cooking is an excellent way to work on math skills, social skills, and build confidence in addition, you know, to, to the cooking skills themselves. Um, so since the tools came to market earlier in the year, I've, I've heard from a lot of customers who bought them for so many different reasons. Um, you know, whether it's for their grandchild who loves to cook, their, their child who doesn't like to cook, but the parents want them to get involved. Uh, you know, people buy them for shower gifts, housewarming gifts. You know, people just want measuring spoons that look like bananas just because. Um, you know, to donating a, a set as as an auction prize. I'm thrilled to hear each and every reason. But, uh, you know, one of the most special and memorable comments I've gotten was from a woman who bought the artichoke measuring cups and banana measuring spoons for her blind mother. And so this customer bought them, you know, in person at a show that I did rather than through the website. So I actually ran into her again since she's local. And um, I was really overjoyed when she told me how much her mother loves them and uses them all the time for herself. And it really, to me, just goes to show the incredible reach of the product. It's, it's different things to different people, yet it's functional for all. And, um, you know, the appeal of the product is really more universal than I had imagined and set out to create. So, um, you know, so they really do make making food more fun. So I, I really think that the, you know, the impact on the special community in, in addition to the function is that it's, um, it is really that they just are inclusive. And, and like you were saying before, just having, you know, having everybody, uh, be able to, you know, to work on things together and have that underlying feeling of inclusiveness is really, um, is really an idea that I feel is, is important, you know, important for us to, to, to be, to be aware of and to experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think your product's great for any age. I mean, I, you know, I'm using your products for my baking. So, you know, I just think it's cute and it's fun to, and it's kind of fun to use, but what's so great about it is that it's had an added component, um, you know, for so many different types of people, it is inclusive. It is. And so can you just talk a little bit more about, I mean, have you combined, 
let's say like your experience, like your background as a puppeteer and as, you know, creating animation and voiceovers, have you combined that with QD Foodie at all? Like maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, so I, I have an animation production company and, um, you know, the, so Cutie Foodie was, was written as, as a show. And, um, you know, I have, you know, artwork and animation for it. And um, it's really a culmination of all of the things I've been working on. All, all of the content that I create really comes out of um, the puppet show, you know, in its, you know, in, in, its, in its simplest way, because it was really just the the timing of everything where I was looking, you know, to create more work and that I really was so impacted by the puppet show that really all of the content that I create, this, this is, it does not include the content that I create for clients, but all the content that I create, um, on behalf of my company really has the underlying themes of the puppet show in it. And, um, you know, the idea that kids are different, but inside they're the same is a very empowering, um, you know, empowering notion that, uh, you know, that has really led me, enabled me um, to create some really fun characters that uh, are able to do so much. And, and you know, I have characters in wheelchairs. I have characters who, um, you know, are, don't have any visible difference. But the idea that everybody is, is different in their own way, has things to contribute, um, and everybody can be together and, and learn from each other and, uh, you know, uh, join together for, for common interests um, is just such, um, su- such a, it's a, it's a happy goal. And I think, I think it's becoming more and more um, regular for it, you know, for this to be, you know, part of our, you know, daily lives. I mean, um, my, my daughter doesn't, you know, walk down the street and, you know, point to somebody who's different. She's, you know, she sees the world as, um, everybody is different in their own way. And, you know, everybody brings things to the table. And and I don't think that that's because she has any special knowledge. I think there's just a lot of things out there these days that, that really are, um, promoting inclusiveness you see different you know different people doing different things all the time and um and and I think that that is really for me um where where a lot of the stories uh come from so it's not uh revolutionary but it's um it's it, it it's it's nonetheless uh makes for good storytelling so um, so I have a lot of rich characters, a lot of uh, fun characters, and, um, you know, I'm creating more content all the time. And I definitely see that as um, the type of content I want to continue to create. Yeah, And also, I mean, just to go back to your comments about um, inclusion and accepting others, you know, because we're all different in our own way. And I think, you know, that just that starts at home. You know, I mean, I think, you know, as a parent, it's something that I always instill in my kids that, you know, everyone is different in their own way. And so I, I really love that, um, what you were saying about that. It's, that's definitely something I think that we should, I think that schools are trying to do and that um, it's, that's, 
you know, it's starting at home with that, with that education. Um, so could you talk a little bit about your, cause I know you had a Kickstarter campaign and that's how you were able to, that's where you raised the funds for the products, right? Is that where you started with the Kickstarter? Exactly. Yeah. Without the Kickstarter, I couldn't have done it. So, um, you know, I, I did a Kickstarter campaign in, um, the spring of, uh, 2018, and uh, it really was a great opportunity. I mean, in addition to raising the money, which was the point of the Kickstarter campaign, but it was really a great opportunity for me to uh, get the word out in in a really big way. It was it was um, you know I don't want to say a push because I was self motivated, but there were more outlets available to me because I had this um, you know this this one month intense time um, to you know, to, to, uh, you know, talk to different people and, and have them share about the product. And because the more I talked about the product, the more I understood how much people actually wanted the product. I mean, of course I was hoping that that would be the case, but when I would get to talk to people like, um, uh, you know, I I spoke to Montessori schools, I spoke to, uh, you know, people that have, um, you know, they, they do TV shows in, in Canada and, uh, you know, they have children with special needs and, you know, just all of these different things and, and just kids who love to cook and kids who, you know, parents who just have young kids and want to get them more involved in the kitchen. So I was really able to get a lot of people on board because there was an immediacy to it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so thankfully, um, we were able to raise the money for the molds for the kitchen tools through the Kickstarter campaign. Um, so I don't know if you know exactly how Kickstarter works, but you know, if you don't get what you ask for, you get nothing. So I really had a lot riding on the Kickstarter campaign. And so I was so grateful that we got the, um, you know, the backing, the interest from, from people to produce the product. And, uh, once we had it, it really was, it was becoming real. So that was definitely an intense month, uh, but it was super important. And, um, and I'm so glad that there are really so many different ways to get, um, to get things out there these days, you know, a long time, you know, I, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, people wouldn't know about my product in the same way. And I'm not quite sure how I would have gone about it. I mean, I, I probably would have figured it out somehow, but I'm not sure how, that how I would have gone about it. And so it really is wonderful that there are so many um, opportunities, so many outlets for getting things out there. You know, social media is amazing. Um, and so, you know, I'm really happy that we live in this time where, where these things can happen for small businesses, for people with, you know, an idea. And I, I really do encourage people that have an idea um, have a clear vision of what it is and are super passionate about it. Because the truth is, if you don't have the super passion about it, you could have a great idea, but if you're not super passionate about it, it's, it's, you know, it definitely is a, a, a long and, and challenging road and the passion is what's going to carry you through to get it done. So, um, so, yeah. so that was <laughs> I definitely agree. Cause I, I also had a Kickstarter as well and it was just such a good experience. Um, and it was also just a great way to kind of get your stuff out there to get the support. Um, and I just think it's a wonderful way for people to 
get their stuff out there and also be able to make it from an idea into reality. So one of the things that I did want to, I wanted to ask you before and I, and I forgot um, is so where, cause I was looking at your website, where could we view those puppet shows and all the stuff that you've done? I mean, is there a link from your website? Cause just so that in case anybody wanted to watch the puppet shows, I wanted to provide that link for them. Puppet Show, it was it was a national program. It had bound, been around for decades. And uh, like two years ago, they, they stopped. They, they don't have, they don't exist anymore. So I can try to find some links for your listeners um, for Puppet Shows, but our Puppet Shows actually weren't, weren't videoed. Um, but I can try to find some links to some other video, you know, to some other groups that did the kids on the block puppets because they really were amazing. And I would be very happy to, you know, share that with everybody so that they can really see what it was all about. Um, but the website doesn't even exist anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Cause I would love to see that. Cause you know, the more you talk about it, the more I want to see it. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the things you can provide us with a link and I could also put that into, um, into the podcast. If you look at, um, right below the description. Hopefully I'll have the videos in there as well as the review up. Um, and before we go, I just wanted, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about any new products that you have coming out. Oh, sure. So yeah, so uh, there are quite a few other products in the pipeline. Um, the next groups of things coming out are going to be, uh, a mixing bowl set. Um, they look, like different melons. That's a little secret, but they look like different melons. Um, we also have a set of, um, of, of things that like safety knives, safety scissors, um, uh, you know, a pie cutter and, um, and, uh, a peeler. So those are all going to be as a group also. So those are all, coming up um so look out for them very excited about those and uh, there are other ones too coming out after that you know it would have been in a perfect world it would have been amazing to be able to put all these products out at once but of course that's you know that's a huge undertaking um financially and otherwise as well uh so i am really excited to be able to have gotten these products out that i have the you know the first seven i feel like they really Show, you know, you can do a lot with them and you can really get a good understanding of what foodie kitchen tools are all about. Um, but I am very excited to be able to add to the collection and to be able to allow kids in, in this equally fun way to be able to um, add to their skills in the kitchen with, with these tools. So uh, I'll keep you posted on uh, when those are uh, going to be available to, to everyone. Yeah, and I could also see a book going with the QD foodies. <laughs> I could definitely yes. see that also. So yeah, yeah keep That's me. Been some you know, talk. Yeah, because I could totally see um, you know, that being a really nice um companion with the with the tools, because they're just they're just, you know, the tools are just um I don't know. I could just see them as characters in a book. Um, so, but I'm, you know, I'm always thinking about book ideas. Um, but anyway, so the great, also the great thing about not putting everything out there at once is that I'm sure that you've learned that you've, you know, created certain tools and then you've had other ideas and you just keep adding and adding and adding. And I mean, anything to do with the kitchen, it's sort of endless. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's just so many, I'm sure so many different ideas that you have that you're going to keep adding to. And I'm sure your daughter, 
loves to cook with you in the kitchen. Do you guys, do you cook together a lot? We do. And, you know, I have to say that I'm enjoying it more and more and more with, you know, every, you know, day or week. She started to ask me every day, and this is only recent. So she's seven. So, you know, for some kids, this happens earlier, for some later. Um, But she started to ask me every single day um, how she can help in the kitchen and what we can do together. And um, I, I, I love that so much. It, it makes me so happy that she wants to share in this activity with me. Um, you know, I, she always did enjoy it, but it was, it was more when I was presenting it. And so now the fact that she's coming to me is just so joyful for me. So exciting for me, not to mention super helpful for me. She's, you know, how could she help to make dinner? You can make dinner a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, that's, that's great. That's great. And I think it's great also for all ages. I mean, you know, you could start with younger kids, but I think even going up to any age, teenagers, I mean, I always say even adults, I mean, I like using tools that are cute. It just makes you excited. So, um, well, is there anything else that before we finish up, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Well, let me just say uh, about the tools, because I was saying that she's seven, you know, the tools are really safe for any age. So, so, you know, even for a baby, they are safe for a baby. I don't really say that age two and up is, is a great age to, you know, two is a great age to start, um, you know, actually working with kids in the kitchen because they're able to follow some small direction. Uh, so, you know, I really think that the, the earlier you're able to get them, and I know the time is short and sometimes, you know, we really just don't have time to be, you know, dealing with the mess and all that stuff. But when there is the time, it really is such a... Uh, a rewarding experience, such a great opportunity to, to bond and create amazing memories. So I just really encourage everybody to, you know, get in the kitchen with kids and have, you know, and have an experience together that will be memorable. Um, and no matter what it is, it will be memorable. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, um, so I hope that everybody enjoys them. I'm very excited that they're out on the market and, and, um, that people can have them now. Yes. Don't forget to check out qdfoodie.com and check out all the really just awesome products that you have out there. So uh, thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.